0: Hey guys, welcome to the rising warrior.
1: Small talks, small
0: talks (laughs) today. We've got a conversation on what we've just created for you. A tool to get you checked in with your mental health. Uh, our veteran mental health check-in is available for you guys here, uh, in the bio. So go ahead and check it out. If you're interested in checking in with yourself, knowing what's going on in your mind and what you do to do next to actually gain some clarity on how to improve your life and connect deeper with others and with yourself. Download
2: and follow along. Download follow along. And if you want to follow along on the actual episode, have a pen and paper ready as we're going to get into some really fun stuff. And you oh, can easy. go ahead and get started right now.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of TRW Talks. And uh, today I'm joined by the crew, Lance and Sean. And we're talking about mental health. Um, I'll kick it off with a little point that I've realized and I've noticed. Mental health is a giant umbrella of uh, something we're using to describe <laughs> our current state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot of connections to how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the world, how you feel in your body, how you're connected to yourself, how you're connected to others. It's a giant umbrella term that can be useful in a way and also a little bit uh difficult to even start the journey to understanding yourself better um and one of the things that we like to do before we go into any of mental health anything any kind of support at all is we like to turn people back to their bodies and to uh turn people back to their breath um we we're used to being up here in the chest regulate up regulated state of just breathing hard shallow um and it keeps us from actually fully breathing into the moment so we can actually check in with what's going on yeah the idea of mental health actually seems to handcuff us
2: and you know because like you just said like it's really not a mental problem Mm. it's typically we we have these uh and it's not, i won't even call them problems like we have these obstacles in this resistance because we are so much in our head and, and less in our bodies and neither one of them is is good or bad or right or wrong it's just learning how like how can we better be with both right how can we better be in our bodies and how can we better be with the thoughts that are going on in our heads because the reality of it is like we're th- we're not going to turn the mental side off, right? The cognitive side. And, and something that many of you might've heard us talk about in the past is, you know, we're, we're actually talking about the shift away from mental health to like cognitive fitness, right? Because mm-hmm. we're really good at the cognitive side of things, you know, and there's a plethora of reasons for that. And like John had just mentioned, like the biggest thing that we're working on is, is being less in our head and more in our bodies. Right. And so it's like learning, like, can we flip the switch and, um, so on and so forth and yeah it's it's there's definitely stigma around it right like that word that phrase mental health has has a charge to it and like we've noticed in the first responder and veteran populations like you know as soon as you hear that that phrase like people tend to turn and run from it and they it's like the boogeyman right nobody wants to talk about it they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs or that people are going to look at them through a different light which is A very sad and unfortunate reality and we've heard this you know straight up from people who have you know responded to surveys and we've gotten to talk to in person. And you know on a lesser level right like we hear this about depression it's like oh you just need to normalize depression and like because as soon as someone says i'm depressed like people get. Like oh I don't know what to do like I gotta be I gotta be worried now it's like what like what do I do what do I say I gotta be careful not realizing like oh like these are all. uh, Common like, like these, these symptoms, right. Depression, anxiety, and some of these other things that, that people experience, like they're actually quite common and it's okay that we experience them. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that we could bring to light is that like, yeah, we all experience this shit. And like, just because, you know, you're have like, you're feeling heavy. And this is another thing that we like to do is like, let's actually gain some accuracy here. So just like mental health carries a stigma, like so does the word depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so if we can normalize, um, or like at least bring more context and awareness to the fact that like, all right, when I say I'm depressed, what's actually going on here, right? Because depression is the story, right? But if we can get people to actually tune back into their bodies, we can gain more accuracy. It's like, oh, I'm actually just feeling really fucking heavy Yeah, or I'm going through a grieving process, right? And so when we can gain more accuracy there, we can better direct people. Um, but yeah, these are just some of the conversations that we're having around mental health because we understand, especially in these populations that... It is. It's. It's a. It's a big deal, and a lot of people. Like the the reality of it is too that a lot of the methods and means out there are simply falling short. Mm-hmm. Right. Like why why is it that we're still having twenty two, which actually I think last we checked it's gone up. Right. Twenty eight so now. Yeah. It's like it's suicide. Like, oh what? But we have all this suicide prevention stuff. It's like all right, and we're, we're cl- not even in a combat role anymore. Yeah. It's like it's clearly not fucking working. <clears throat> Right. And it's like we see this with mental health, too, where it's it's, um, you know, the 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 unfortunate common thing to do is you just throw a prescription at it, which prescriptions serve their time, like serve their purpose. And there's a time and a place for it. However, like if if we're not thriving as individuals like that to me is an indicator that that something's just not working. Right. And like and, and we can do better. And I think we need to admit that first and foremost. So, yeah, there's a little tangent for you
1: i'm gonna go on a tangent too now uh speaking of um mental health and feeling in the body uh i've recently talked to a friend who was suicidal and i've talked to numerous individuals who are suicidal uh, and I, w- I was asking him i was getting to the bottom and the core reason of you know why he was having these thoughts and it was this uncomfortable feeling and sensation in the body and so many uh, before I go forward the idea that emotions present themselves in the body it's a new concept for a lot of people um, and so many of the veterans I've talked to that were suicidal we boil it down to that and if you're able to sit with that sensation cool most of them most of them do not commit suicide I don't get calls back from them thinking of that process anymore again this is a small amount of population out of a large 22 to 28 people a day committing suicide and like it brings light to things like suicide and these emotions are just presenting them in the body and nobody's been taught how to be with them and then they get overwhelmed with this crazy sensation and then they want to end their life um there is a better way obviously
0: yeah and there's that's a. I would say that that is an extreme uh the ideation is an is an extreme very extreme um, yeah to the edge sort of thought idea pattern things that came up for you that that if we if we peel back some layers and we go back to even something less extreme uh like you want to hurt yourself or you're you want to self-sabotage or you're kind of uh you know for this is a common one boozing boozing hard mm-hmm. um Overeating, um, like ruining relationships. Like, these are all like Abusing symptoms fitness. of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> yes. another, the, the opposite side is the gym bro who's like super strict with their macros and doing their thing and going to the gym and, and crushing. Always themselves. injured. Always mm-hmm. injured. Um, these are all, I would say, before the, the point that you get mm-hmm. to the, the, the big S word, the suicide. And, um, what we can do is we can start to actually tune back in. So in a way what we're, what we're looking for is escape from something we're feeling, something that we are we're, we are feeling, it's coming up and we don't wanna feel. And the, the second thing is we actually don't know how to feel it in a way that's constructive. Like I know the feeling is there. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know where to go about it. I don't know how to understand it. I have no idea how to even like frame this thing I'm calling depression, anxiety, whatever it is for you. And the thing we like to do first and foremost is to get you back into the body by first mastering your breath. And it's a super simple uh, process. It doesn't require a a doctor degree like Lance. It just requires a little (laughs) bit of time (laughs) and maybe 10 minutes of your time and some patience with yourself and your body. And it's really all about taking that up state that chest breathing um that's again useful when we're in a survival state or when we're in for those of you who've been in the military most of our audience um uh when you put your all your gear on and you're on uh, on patrol or even just in training on patrol you're kind of elevated state and you're in your you're you're looking for dangerous things that may or may not come to you uh things blowing up uh you know shoot somebody shooting at you Whatever it is. In training, it could be, it's the same thing, just simulated. The The physical experience is still the same thing, where you're like heightened awareness, you're kind of, your adrenaline is shooting up, you're in this super upregulated state. So the idea is, and we're going to check into it with ourselves and our minds and our bodies and our hearts, is to slow the breath down. See how my voice just changed there? I was going really fast, and now I'm slowing down. Sounds real sexy. <laughs> <laughs> And all we're going to do is is breathe into our belly. So basically, all we're doing is expanding the diaphragm, which is the thing, the muscle right below our lungs that actually allows that expansion of, of the chest cavity of the lungs, breathing through our belly to, to force that expression down, right? That diaphragm pushing down, opening up some space. We're actually filling our lungs. And I, I like to always use the cues of Put your shoulders back, chest forward, belly out and taking a big deep breath and then releasing it. All the air out. I like to bring my belly, thinking of my belly button going to the back of my spine. That's how I release the air there. And we want to do a shorter inhale and a longer exhale. It's basically what that's doing physiologically is, is telling our body that it's actually safe. So the, the quick breath, that's lack of safety. Deep exhale is what actually down regulates your body. And so that's it. Four seconds in, six seconds out. That's all that, that it is. If you bring that, it takes about five minutes to do that breath, bring, come back into your body, come back to a down-regulated state. See? it, and this is another thing do it with your eyes closed see what kind of sensations are coming up for you see how it changes the way you're actually feeling throughout your body um another good practice just to scan it scan your body like you're breathing you're doing that breath focus your attention on your ankle then on your knee then on your hip then on your shoulders like see where the tensions are and see if that breath is actually releasing the tension allowing you to kind of uh ah, speaking sinking. of tension
1: uh if if you have the upper shoulder and you carry all your tension in your shoulders mm-hmm. uh, i would be willing to put a large sum of money down that you're probably a chest
0: breather mm-hmm.
1: yeah what else what about. other
0: kind of symptoms you, have you seen lance uh in your work of people with chest neck breathers. pain
1: um back pain low back mm-hmm. pain and i won't get into the anatomy and physiology about that but yeah, if, if you're a chest breather, things aren't moving correctly and everything's tight, and, yeah, hey, you come to see me.
0: Mm-hmm. You pay off my student loans. Thank
1: you very much.
0: <laughs> so, again, you don't need to go see a chiropractor or mm-hmm. a doctor or anything. Um, this is a super easy way to kind of downregulate yourself and come back to the breath, come back to the body, come back to the moment as well. Um, a huge part of why we're not able to actually look at what's going on is because we're constantly running from it. Uh, we're mm-hmm. constantly doing stuff to get away from it. Like, whatever that TV, your phone, sex, cigarettes, gym, gym alcohol. alcohol, whatever the thing is that you've been using and abusing. Um, tactical if you, gear. If you, <laughs> yeah, it's buying tactical gear. Attacked. <laughs> Listening to Black Eye for a Coffee podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, coffee. <laughs> Yeah, coffee's huge. Coffee's a huge one, yeah.
1: You always have to be in that upregulated state because that's what you're used to. So you keep on hitting caffeine to make you feel
0: feel comfortable and be back in that state. Buzzing your ass off all the time. Yep. Um, So that breathing helps us kind of get into it. And then what we like to use is a uh, um, little process called the dinner party. And it's what we use on in one of the most effective journal prompts I've ever used Uh, in practice is to check in with what's going on inside your head, right? So first, we get the body down regularly. We go, okay, cool. I could be with the sensation. I'm here. I'm in the moment. Um, As you can tell by the video, I'm here on my couch. I'm chilling. I'm at my my place. Um, I'm chilled out. I've got my journal here. And by tapping into the voices that we've got going on in our heads and actually labeling them, we can figure out first which ones are useful and which ones are not. One being, they're all parts of us. There's there's nothing wrong with the different parts of you. There's nothing to be done, nothing to be changed. It's just a matter of acknowledging them first and foremost, and then choosing which ones you're going to listen to, which ones you're going to actually cultivate, which ones you're actually going to feed. Um, And there's five different parts we like to use. The inner child, the heart, the inner critic, the shadow, and the ego. And Uh, it's again, without getting too deep into where it comes from or, or, or what the intricacies are, it's really just a really helpful ability to in this dinner party, take situations going on in your head. Let's say you're in a, uh, argument with your, with your girlfriend or your partner and you don't know really what to do and you just need to like, get it out. Well, the first thing is I don't recommend just getting it out in front of your partner. the second thing is, um, when you have – when you've downrigged and you're in a state where you can actually write about it, <clears throat> take your pen and paper, sit down, and just dump everything that's coming up for you. Anything and everything that's coming up for you. And say, you know, all the way from like, fuck this, I don't want to be here, to man, I really love her, to I'm not sure what to do next. The whole thing. Scope it out to see what's actually there. Because a lot of times what we're doing is we're running stories in our heads. We don't even know what the fuck they mean, what's mm-hmm. going on, if any of that's accurate. So before we even talk about the accuracy of stories and our beliefs, come back to just what's there. So dump it out, whatever, however long that takes you. Um, and then start divvying up what these pieces are. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, not everybody does this. You can just use an underline, but I'm a big fan of like multicolored pencils and pens. Mm-hmm. And going back through it and being able to underline like, oh, here's here's the inner critic. Damn, here's the ego. So I'll start with um, the ego and I'll let Sean and Lance chime in on the other ones as well. The first one uh, for me, the ego is, it's the great protector. It's the thing that um, you've built this shield around you called the ego to not allow other people to see you, to be protected from being hurt by others. And so your ego is is constantly trying to like bolster you it's trying to make you it's comparing yourself to other people it's saying well that guy sucks i'm fucking the man (laughs) it's creating all these things to make you feel bigger better than other people and then not in a heart-centered genuine way but rather in a way that actually separates you from people so if you've noticed any kind of those uh, attitudes or perspectives going on that's your ego looking to shield you from harm um sean you got another one you want to share yeah
2: um one other thing to that i just want to add to the ego part is for anyone that's followed any kind of like new age teachings it can be very easy to fall into the trap of like oh the ego is the enemy like mm-hmm. just transcend the ego kill the ego and what what we what would better serve us is to understand that the ego like you're saying it's a part of us like mm-hmm. our ego is actually the reason why we strive to be better Mm-hmm. without our ego we would we would just baseline and like there would be no drive to want to improve or to seek something like n- anything new out and so while it does protect us and it shows up oftentimes in a way that's not healthy it is also an important aspect of us so I just wanted to touch upon that um and yeah so i want <laughs> to i want to <laughs> interrupt uh, the
1: ego again is not bad ego the way i look at it is the analytical like it is the way we are it's how we analyze things it's how we critical think on things and if we didn't have that we would just you know we wouldn't have jets and stuff so all the cool sciencey stuff we definitely
2: wouldn't be on this conversation yes exactly so it's
1: not a bad thing it's just something that we need to be aware of
2: yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah so one of the aspects that um yeah another one that i love talking about is is the shadow Mm. and you know the the misconception with the shadow is like <clears throat> that word inherently has mean like has a charge to it. It's like oh the shadow, it's the darkness, it's the, it's the bad things about us. And I love drawing awareness and shining light on the fact that the shadow oftentimes shows up as one of our greatest strengths or what we believe is our greatest strengths. And to like put that into perspective, you know one of my shadow qualities was um. I was afraid to admit that sometimes i wasn't strong enough to do what i needed to do right and the shadow quality of that was me trying to hide that fact and that showed up as like oh i can do this i always got this i'm always strong enough when in reality there were times when i was experiencing like i can't do this or i need support right and so like that shows up as a shadow as a shadow quality and so the shadow is simply the aspect or one of the aspects of us that we just tend to not shine light on and we and we push away and oftentimes there's a fear of judgment um you know what other people will think about us if they knew this about me Mm -hmm. and it's like it's and it's also very often um performed subconsciously so like it just shows up and like we don't understand that like oh this thing is happening like we just show up and we deem this as one of the qualities of ourselves and like we don't understand that this is actually another protector And, yeah, so shining light on the shadow and understanding, again, like the ego, it's not a bad thing, right? And, like, I don't even like when people talk about, like, oh, you need to face your demons. Like, they're not demons, right? (laughs) Like, we've created them to be demons, just as much as the shadow aspects of us. Like, we have created this monster It's like, oh, I, I can't you know i i can't tell people about this part of me or show people this part of myself because like what if they what if they judge me what if they leave me what does that mean about me if this is what i like right and so there's often this negative connotation that's attached to the shadow and again like it, it's it's an aspect of ourselves it's an aspect of our psyche like everyone experiences it just like the ego and the other aspects that we talked about and so when you're when you're looking at that um and you're trying to identify it like ask yourself like what's the thing that i'm experiencing that i'm not telling anybody else about or what's the thing that i'm experiencing that i'm even afraid to admit to myself mm-hmm. right cuz like mm-hmm. i said like mind being like you know what there's times where i believe that i'm not strong enough i'm not strong enough to to make it or to work through this relationship or to um support myself or whatever right like like that can be just as much of a shadow aspect because if that shows up as like well I'm having a rough time and I'm just going to go ahead and keep the armor on and keep charging forward, like that doesn't serve me. And so it's, it. we just like, again, the shadow just needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be brought to the light, right? As soon as we bring it to the light and we we acknowledge it and like actually show it love and understand like, hey, thank you. And I don't need to like, we don't Mm -hmm. need to do this anymore. Right. And we can, we can
0: bring that to the light. So yeah, um, big big takeaway from the shadow Is anything you're hiding or ashamed Of showing to yeah. others or yourself Like if you're yeah. afraid to admit something to yourself It's probably something that's sitting in your shadow And you're not allowing it to come to light And once it comes to light You're like, oh, yeah. wait a minute <laughs> I didn't have to actually <laughs> linger on that
1: The one thing I find funny I was talking to my wife about this Is so many people have a shadow Everybody, let's just be honest Everybody has something that they're afraid of and we're so afraid to bring it forward and talk about it because we're afraid everybody's going to criticize. And the person that's going to criticize is the one that's denying the fact that they have that thing too. Most people, when you bring this forward, they're like, dude, what What? What have you been worried about? Like, yeah, I deal with that on a daily basis or stuff. It's, and it's just so silly how everybody has this stuff that we're afraid to admit to
0: mm-hmm.
1: and nobody just brings it forward, but everybody's dealing with the same damn thing. We're all fucking human last time I checked.
0: Yeah, great point um, to segue into the inner critic, mm-hmm. which is the next one. And, um, you know, you just mentioned criticizing others. Usually when you are criticize somebody else, you're, you're likely criticizing an aspect of yourself. Yeah. You know, just think of other Ta- people as mirrors.
2: Take the likely out. You are criticizing an aspect of yourself. You are criticizing
0: yourself. parts of yourself. And so y- the inner critic is basically the person or the part of you that... Um, He's always telling you're wrong. It's always telling you what you can't do. It's always telling you like what you should be doing but aren't doing. Should that's a big one. Yep, if you hear yourself saying enough. I should do this, should do that, there's an inner critic there poking holes into your plan, uh, poking fun at you, not letting you actually be in your fullest and greatest. And it's not that useful. However, when you can see it, like we talked about earlier with the dinner party in the in the actual journaling, you see the inner critic coming up there's two things you can look at here inner critic is pointing you towards your shadow because you're already kind of criticizing yourself and it's pointing you towards your ego so you're gonna find that it's hiding the shadow and it's actually going to create more ego
2: yeah, bolstering so the
0: ego. you're gonna you're gonna say i'm a piece of shit. so then you're gonna go out there and you're gonna fucking get jacked or you're gonna do get more money or get more girls so that's the ego and now that's doing is hiding another shadow of stuff that you're, you're afraid you're not strong enough like sean said or you're not afraid or you're too afraid that you're not good enough or that you won't succeed or that more people won't love you so you see how all these voices start to interplay the inner critic is a really good it's a great tool to find out oh shit right there's something else here that's going on yeah a
2: vicious cycle it's it's it's, yeah. the, it's the hype man of the ego and yeah the, like you <laughs> said it, it hides the shadow i love like you helped me even just like connect deeper the connection right mm-hmm. B- like between the inner critic because every time i think of the inner critic i'm like oh yeah it sounds like the ego oh that sounds like some shadow aspects it's like oh yeah it's just like the fucking hype man it's like yeah yeah you're not fucking good enough you can <laughs> you fucking fuck do shit. better <laughs> you fucking suck and then the yeah. ego is like yeah i'm gonna go do more you're like fuck
0: yeah and notice this this the inner critic is the great uh again these are all aspects of you this part of you um is the sh- is the, the starter of the shame, the creator of the shame the inner critic is the shoulds and the you you suck and the whatevers that's the the, the terminal creation it, it like continues to dig in the knife a little bit deeper until you um most of us especially in in our in our community we we revert back to our training we're like Fuck this I'm gonna fucking overcome this thing and so if you notice the change
1: here,
0: you notice the change here in energy you're like man I'm a piece of shit I'm sitting down fuck man I suck ass whatever whatever the voices are coming up in the inner critic and then all of a sudden you get this like surge of energy you literally get a sensation of like like heat rising in your body and you're like fuck this I'm gonna overcome this thing and it's it's useful in some cases and in many cases you're just creating more tension, more disembodiment, more dysregulation in the body. You can literally, like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, "Oh, I suck," and then you're over overregulating your body. So remember, as you're doing this thing, the breath, come back to it, come back to the deeper parts of it, and actually downregulate. So you can calmly look at these things. Um, and so the next thing I would say here, uh, let's see, I think. We've touched base let's on talk about the inner child a little yeah, bit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into the heart, let's talk about the inner child a little bit. Um, so your inner child, you know, probably you may have heard this term. It's a common one out there in the self-development rem- realms. Uh, for those of you who haven't been in those realms, um, it, it is a really fun part of you. It's the part of you that wants to play. It's the part of you that wants to be seen. It's it's the part of you that is your access to creativity, and play. Imagine literally, you're like a five year old. You're hanging out with your five year old self. Your five year old self doesn't give a shit about what's going on in the world, what's going on, all the negativity. It, it's the kids will play on fucking rocks, waiting. I literally saw kids playing on a giant rock outside of a government building, waiting for their parents to come out, like in like nice clothes. They were just having a blast. So, I mean, think about that when you think about your inner child like what is the thing the part of you the, the felt sense it's completely raw the inner child is like just feeling shit so if a kid's out there playing and creating and he falls and he trips and he hurts himself it starts crying kid's gonna cry it's completely raw it's unbridled and it's the part of you that also gets stuck with all your limiting beliefs so when your inner child isn't expressed, it's it's the thing that you're constantly suppressing. So if you're, like we said earlier, the inner critic, the shadow, and the ego, they're all interplaying these parts of you. This is the area that you start suppressing. Here when you don't have this creativity, you have no access to what's going on in your heart, you have no access to what you actually want because you're not even going out to have a fucking playtime. And this is an easy one. I used to do this all the time. Oh, I'm going to get gains. I'm going to work out. I used to work out six days a week. But I would never just go to the park and fuck around and fly a kite or mm-hmm. or do, like, playful shit, shoot a hoop, or play some tennis, whatever it is. Because I felt like I had to get somewhere. I had to get to the next competition. I had to win the next thing. Uh, and so that might be a common common one for a lot of men out there, especially uh, definitely in the military first responder uh, communities.
1: Uh one of my friends uh he actually but went out and bought a kite and he's like dude this is the most fun i've had in so long he's like dude you need to go out and buy a kite we like, were oh. just talking
0: about that yesterday yeah
1: i was like okay maybe maybe i'll get there but yeah i i still have it on my amazon on the wish list from over a year ago mm. yeah, yeah i live in dc and fun. we went
0: to the national mall and yesterday Ooh. my girlfriend had never flown a kite and i was like what dude kite flying is sick you get to have a batman on there and you get to fly this thing around it feels like you have a spaceship on your hand
2: Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome yeah just to reiterate too like especially if if you're taking you know pen to paper in in doing this dinner party discussion is that like yeah your inner child is represented by your emotions so whatever you feel i feel sad hurt mad angry upset excited like that's your inner child speaking and yeah it's an unfortunate well maybe unfortunate's not the best word it's just a reality that that the child the inner child right and us as children like we take the brunt of life because we are such feeling creatures and then we start to make that mean something and then so like the inner it like the inner child you know, in, in a lot of different ways, like it starts with the inner child. And as we experience life and we go through, you know, the events of life, we start to add meaning to that. And then we start to develop this thing called logic. And then that's where a lot of these other aspects of ourselves start to show up because they're trying to protect us, right? Like children don't know anything other than feeling right. Like they're trying to feel before they can speak. Yeah. Like they, like literally in utero, you are feeling Right. So it's like you're you are being imprinted and and there's an impact on you while you are still in your mother's womb. And like then we start to wonder like, wow, like why are kids the way that they are? Or why do they have the experiences that they have? It's like, oh well, like let's look back on on the on the parents' experience. Right. And so if a mom is highly stressed all the time, like that's what the baby's feeling. Right. And so like we're born feeling creatures and we can like, you know, kind of full circle this what we talked about at the beginning of this episode is like we're getting people back to feeling in their bodies. And like, I'll speak from firsthand, like, that has been the biggest part of my journey is to like to get out of my head and this cognitive, conscious, like thinking part and into more of the feeling and, and learning to trust that. And it's like, as children, like, we just know that. This is why kids know when you're fucking lying. When mom and dad are like, oh, it's o- it's okay, Jimmy, we're okay. They're like, bullshit. Like, I just heard you arguing. I can feel feel the disconnect. Mm. Like I can mm. feel it. And like, obviously we can't put words to that. Right. And so just as another caveat, like our language is simply a tool. Like we developed language to make sense of what we we're experiencing on a felt sense level. And we've gone so far into that, that we become so disconnected from the felt sense level. And now it's just creating more confusion. And we're wondering why we're depressed and, and anxious and experiencing all these other things is because like we're too much in that and so it's like we're we're relearning how to use our language or like we can relearn how to use our language to be better connected to our bodies right to so use it as a tool that's helpful you'd be like trying to take a screwdriver to a nail it's like why isn't this working it's like well Mm -hmm. your fucking tools wrong like Mm -hmm. let me show you something like the screwdriver works for screws and this is how you do it you need (laughs) a hammer to then hammer the nail so instead of trying to like screw in a nail and hammer a screw like we can better use our language as the tool that it is to have you know more in-depth experiences per se Mm -hmm. but yeah as children like it's it's attached to the emotions so like as you're journaling as you're getting this out like pay attention to that what are you feeling And try to stick with emotions, right? Um, If you use, like, we won't go too far into it, but if you ever say, like, I feel like, and then there's something uh, after that that's not an emotion, like happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, whatever, that's a story. Like, try to stick more with the feelings. And, like, when you do that, like, you're now connected to your inner child. And what you can do is you can ask yourself, like, man, what would I do if a four-year-old was sad? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're not going to try to explain the universe to a four-year-old and be like, it's okay. Like Jimmy didn't mean that he's just being a dick. It's like, no, like you're going to go over most likely you're going to give him a hug. Right. Or, or you can have, it could be one of those experiences that I'm sure a lot of us have had with our parents where it's like, suck it up, toughen up. Like you shouldn't be crying. Right. Like, and we start to like, we start to connect dots of like, oh, this is why people are the way that they are. It's because like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? So like, imagine yourself with your feelings as if they're your inner child. And like, see, yeah. see how much that can shift for you.
0: So, yeah, I love that description of um, you're crying. And, and if you experience the what the fuck from your parents, uh, um, just think of this as an opportunity for you to reparent yourself at the at the most basic level and you go. You know what i'm just going to let this feel this emotion whatever's here whatever this inner child is telling me whatever whatever's coming up for me that's like the baseline of what allows us to just be with it and so we talked earlier about um suicide and depression and all these other things again these are like symptoms of you are like going deeper and deeper into the other end of it which is like disconnection disassociation lack of, of connection to yourself and others this is again looking at the feeling of the inner child just be with it just allow yourself to be sad whatever's coming up for you and it's great in the dinner party discussion because it's just a journal entry and when you mm-hmm. reread it to yourself you go oh shit damn yeah I, I am upset i am angry or whatever it is and just just be what it is you don't have to do anything about it
2: yeah So our but, last as to say one to yeah for more clarity on one something that we can all do is like when you're experiencing those emotions right first recognize like okay I'm feeling this, this is linked to my inner child. And then what you can do to take it a step further. And and this might be the most powerful part of it is like, if I was that four-year-old who was experiencing sadness, like ask yourself, like, what would I have needed from mom or dad in that moment, instead of dad saying to suck it up, you little shit. Right. It's like, what would I have needed as little four-year-old Sean? Mm-hmm. Right. Ask yourself that question and then do that thing to yourself.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect lead in into the heart. Um, so what what would you actually desire? What do you actually want? Um. The inner child, again, is, has this connection to play, to creativity, to like it's just the rawness of what you are. And then there's like the actual desire, the truest part of yourself that's actually looking for something. And we can look at it at the micro level of like. Man, what do I really want in this moment right now? You know what? I just want to fuck off and take a bath and not do things. Great. Follow your heart. Awesome. And in the macro sense of our desires, like, you know a lot of a lot of vets out there have uh, challenge with uh, meaningful work or finding their purpose. something that people say all the time after to get out of the military. We, I know I did. Um, and one of the things we can do, when it comes to our heart is we can start actually looking at what we actually desire. Like, have you ever really said what you really desired, what you love, what you really want? I had no, I personally had no ability to distinguish between a need and a want and a desire. I had no fucking idea how to label, relabel those things. And, you know, the heart isn't looking, this part of you isn't looking at the past, doesn't give a shit about anything. It's looking... Towards the future, towards what you actually desire, it's like a, it's like a north-facing compass that's just pointing towards the direction of what you really want, and uh, the way this shows up in our lives is all the things you have been. This is another great way to do, uh, to look at the 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 polarity here. Look at the negative side, like all the things you've been denying yourself from, for whatever reasons, whether it's uh, social reasons personal reasons like you you think that what you really want is impossible here's that's a great That's a big one. You think that what you really want would alienate you from others. You think that what you really want would um, not Get you enough money, whatever the fucking stories are about the things that you don't want Use that in your journal entry to, to pinpoint what the heart actually wants and and in that way You can come back and say well if that's not what I want again Negation acknowledges, if that's not what I want, then what do you want? And this can be in the form of, I remember thinking, you know, I was trying to tap into my heart a couple of years ago. And I said, well, I don't want a corporate job. I don't want to be in a stuffy office setting. I don't want to be uh, disconnected or connected to people that I find boring or not particularly exciting or interesting people. And then I could come back and look at my heart and say, well, "What the fuck do you do want, my friend? What do you actually want, brother?" And it turns out, it was almost the opposite. I wanted to be connected with people who actually um, shared, had shared values, and had uh, pursued their sense of purpose. People who were courageous, people who were connected deeply connected with themselves, and then were able to support other people as well. Uh, so again, our hearts is a it's it's a guiding point for us. Be aware that
1: sometimes when you start following your heart and it's the first time you've ever done it, mm. it will feel like betrayal. It'll feel bass backwards. Mm. It'll you're like, what the fuck? Because you've been doing the opposite. You've been following the inner critic. You've been following uh, what the ego says and shine away from stuff. So yeah, I'm still getting used to it for three, four years in and uh, yeah, just be aware. It takes, it takes a lot of courage for sure. It takes and a lot practice. of courage and takes a lot of practice, just like anything else.
2: Yeah. And, you know, hearing the word desire can be, you can easily uh, misconstrue that for like the the ego's desires, right? And again, desires aren't bad. Like in, in and of themselves, desires aren't bad. But when you follow your heart's desires, it is going to be, it, there's a different flavor, right? The ego's desire is like, I want to be better, I want to, you know, accomplish more, achieve more, have more uh, external things, which, again, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And, like, when you tune into the heart, it might be a little bit more simple. I remember, like, literally, I imagine what was the first time that I connected truly to my heart. Um, that I was able to remember, and I, and I imagine that I've done this as a kid and, and growing up at different times, but I wasn't aware of it. But the first time I actually had awareness around it was just a couple of years ago, and it it, it was in, it, it was right after yeah, it was May of 2020, so the pandemic was already in full swing. And I owned a CrossFit gym at the time. We obviously got shut down; like, couldn't couldn't operate. And I remember I was on a support call with with one of my mentors, and like I dropped into the space and just like kind of quieted things down. And the the only thing that came up was I want to be in the mountains and I want to be closer to my friends. Like That was it. And, And I knew in that moment, I was like, this is my heart talking, like, because the ego would not let me leave the gym, right? The ego wouldn't be saying like, leave the gym, leave all this stuff that you've built. Cause I was eight years into it. And like when I dropped into that and I was just like, Holy shit, like I, And like I did, I got emotional, I got a little teary eyed, but like that, that was the, everything that I heard was like mountains out West, be with your friends. And then like, what I like to, the way that I like to view it is like the heart's the compass, right? Like it's not gonna, there is no end destination, right? And this is another thing to, to recognize or to gain awareness around is like, yeah, it's simply the direction that you want to go in. And then you can let all the other aspects like help the experience unfold right? But if I use my heart as the compass and it's like, cool, like I'm going to point this in the direction that I want to go. And I trust that, that I'll, uh, I'll do all the other things that are necessary in like, in that experience, like that's all you need, right? Like it, this isn't something like, um, yeah, it, it's, you can, you can tune in whenever you need to, right? It could be in smaller moments. It can be in bigger moments and yeah, just use it as your compass. And it is, it could be really, it could be really difficult because most of us have been so disconnected that as soon as you tap back into it, it's going to feel foreign it's going to feel funny it's going to feel new you might even like you might panic a little bit and like that's okay like we're we become so conditioned to live our lives a certain way that as soon as we start to tap back into more of what our heart's desires are it's like whoa i, I don't know about this this is scary it's like yeah feel it like feel the fear and continue forward anyways right and just know that if you fought, like. Like from lived experience and from people that we've worked with um, in and outside of the program, it's like when you, when you use your heart as the compass and you commit to that, everything will start to unfold for you. I, I guarantee it, right? But it takes courage to actually tune into what your heart wants, right? All the other shit, like all the other desires, like you want to follow those, those breadcrumbs, great. If they start to fall apart, chances are that was, you were not as connected to that desire as you thought. And that can help us when we when we try to follow that and things like we start meeting resistance. It's like, oh, well, check in. Like, is this actually what you really want? Or is this what you want because this is what society tells you that you should want? Mm-hmm. Or that what your parents tell you that you should want, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like the desires aren't bad. Like, I want a fucking Jeep truck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: I've wanted that for two years and I'm going to continue to want one until I mm-hmm. fucking get one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like, I know that it's not the end of the world that if, if I don't get one. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, as soon as I have the fucking money, I'm getting a goddamn (laughs) truck
0: I'm committed. I love that. That's Sean's heart's desire. (laughs) He still thinks like a (laughs) 21-year-old corporal. (laughs) (laughs) I want a truck, dude. I want a fucking truck. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So thank you guys for joining us today. Today we chatted about uh, our breath. We talked a little bit about how to actually get to know what's going on in your mind. And again, we uh, created for you guys what uh, um, uh, we're calling the Veteran Mental Health Check-In. Link is going to be in the bio, uh, on our Instagram, wherever you find all of our stuff. And yeah, we uh, helped you actually do this in real time. What does it look like for you to write it out for yourself, uh, give you little prompt, little exercises, again, uh, like the breath work we talked about and like the actual